And I'm like, damn, I, I could never go back to that. Like, I could in my younger years, maybe, but not now. Not that's, a, that's the blessing and the curse of being freelance. Being sick as hell, I guess. Is when it rains, it pours, I guess. But <sighs> when there's a drought, you're fucking starving. Somebody, oh, now I remember what I wanted to bring up. That, that exactly reminded me. No, I can't, I can't do that drought shit in my adult years. And I don't even have that many stakes yet. Like, I don't own a property yet. I don't have, I don't, or rather, I don't have my own mortgage. Like, the, like where I live, this was passed down to my mother and I. Right. But it's not mine. Mm-hmm. When I have something that's mine, I'd be like, nah, I need consistency, bruh. But what I wanted to bring up was... Like since Dennis isn't here and he can't he can't give me a sarcastic <laughs> snore. This past Wednesday, I tested, I, I physically tested and interviewed to get into this ironworkers union in Philly. That's right. I think I knew that. I posted a I posted yeah, pics. Yeah, I saw I saw that from the day. Like I I was like like wish me luck. That story got more views than. Anything I've posted in months, and I was like, "Wow, that's that's pretty okay. crazy." And um, I took a picture like when I had a, I had one like free second when we were outside, and I took a picture of the column climb test. So the like this is this is the part where I'm I'm answering a question that nobody asked. What what did it consist of? But a couple people have asked me, so it'll be like. You show up, they there was they, they mailed you a paper, and it was all in an email too, but it said uh, interviews, or um, uh, dexterity test and interviews, Wednesday, 7-12, 10 a.m. sharp, in all capitals. And I showed up at, like, like I, I was under the impression that 95 was still fucked up by uh, Cotman Ave or something. Right. And... Unbeknownst, like I knew they opened. I thought they had opened a lane of it on either side, but apparently it's just open now. Yeah, it's just back. They filled in the overpass, like underneath. Like they just filled in that tunnel, and I think they're closing that road that was initially going under it. Under it, and they're just rerouting it because hmm. it was an, it was a faster fix and an easier fix to just plug it and fill it up and fill it in that way. I guess it's like plugging a tire or something. Yeah. But thank God they did that because I was I since they were adamant about it and I know several iron workers by like union iron workers by trade and the across the board the thing is being early. Uh Yeah, hey, you're on time, you're late. My bu- my buddy my buddy Matt in local 40 New York City was like iron workers, if you're 15 minutes early, you're on time. Yep. Or it, he said, if you're not 15 minutes early, you're late. So I was like, I'm not fucking around with this 95 shit. I'm getting there. So I left. I left here at like 8:02, and I got there at like nine something. It took me just over an hour to get there. I was like, well, I guess I'm just waiting. My entire, I guess well, I'll say adult life, or at least until I was like working steady jobs and like responsible for transporting myself to said jobs or even like social gatherings I always had anxiety through the roof with being there on time 
I were you raised with that? No, that's huh. that's the weirdest thing. Like maybe that's why you developed it. I don't ever remember my my parents or any family members or even friends growing up that stressed me out about that shit. Nobody drilled the punctuality shit into you. No, that's a, I just always had this glitch, I guess. That just made me stress out over, like, I don't mm. know, maybe being a people pleaser has something to do with it. Gotta be. And uh, having a, what's what's the term I'm looking for? Um, it is an anxiety. It's, it's super anxiety, but it's also, um, why am I drawing a blank on this complex that Go, I, uh, imposter imposter syndrome really yeah where like i just feel like i'm always letting people down oh and i don't know like ever since i was like a teenager and could drive myself places i've just always had to be like i always had the if you're on time you're late mentality like i always had to be way ahead of schedule even if it was like something completely trivial Hmm. didn't matter like if it was like on my schedule that day like oh i'm supposed to go to the store at whatever o'clock like i had to be there if i was meeting up with somebody it was even worse Mm. i would say the one thing maybe maybe one thing in this world that gives me anxiety above all other things is when either we're doing a podcast or uh like uh like me or my or mel and myself like if we have plans with people and we're waiting on them to show up that's the one thing that gives me anxiety is waiting for people to show up to stuff. And that's, I'm always picturing myself on the other end of that. Right. And I'm like, I'm not, I won't be that guy. I'm not going to be that guy that's driving my friend or friends, plural up a wall because they're like, where's, where's because my, they're at my, because they're at my mercy. Like I right. can, I could never be that person. I can't do it. Yeah. Just for, I, I think of myself too. And I'm, I, I'm like, I don't want to be where, I don't want to be the person waiting for someone, so I like to just put people at ease, or in my mind, put them at ease by showing up either exactly on time or early. But so, And there have been circumstances where there's like traffic or an accident or something crazy happens that throws me off my you know, schedule where I'll give somebody enough courtesy of a heads up, like, hey, this happened, like, give me till whenever. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll never just be the person who just like assumes that you're going to put it all together and just like you know i'm going to get there when i get there yeah i don't like, like leaving I, can't, it. I can't put somebody through that Mm-mm. i don't like leaving it up to them to figure out if i'm the x factor especially yeah and again i'm not really the one who's ever been through that at least not to a traumatizing degree to where it's made me habitually do it all the time no matter what the situation is yeah. i just that's just the way i've always been it just is interesting no like so so we I, I showed up at like nine oh eight or something and I was just sitting in my car, I was like, I got the AC on, I'm listening to my favorite song. <laughs> but like I watched cars like slowly file in and park and people started gathering ar- around the outside of the hall at like nine thirty five ish. So I did the same thing. I like I had my I had my shirt, like I had my all my shit on and we just stood around and waited uh for them to like there, there were people setting up obstacles, if you will, for the tests right. while we were waiting around. But I watched people show up like at like nine fifty nine, ten o five, 
So I think it was in like my brain tells me that that's intentional, that they're they're sort of weeding people out. Yeah. Why wouldn't they do that? They're definitely looking to see who's there when they said to be there and who's trickling in after after the fact. Yeah. Like there was people walking up and and people like the instruct they're very sim- they're huge on simple instructions which i love mm-hmm. i love very easy to easy to dictate simple instruction it said show up in work clothes which is you know t-shirt jeans work boots and gloves and some guys had on shoes and like joggers and shit and i was like damn like i I'm, I'm sure for a fact people work on job sites like that but i don't know but regardless it was five physical tests and then like an in-person interview at the end depending on the order in which you did the stuff because you could they left it up to us they were like you go to whichever station you want to whenever you want to right. if there's an opening just go ahead so there was uh there was a beam walk I'll I'll do it in the order in which I went. There was a beam a beam walk. There was a bar inside for pull-ups. There was an impact wrench or impact gun. And then there was the column climb and there was a height adaptation thing. So the beam walk was a steel beam laid horizontally across two sawhorses and you had to climb up, walk from one end of the beam to the other. Just a skinny steel beam so i was just like just did that real quick some guys were really struggling with the balance part but again it's just to weed people out this they scored it on a scale of one to three three being fair two being average and three being good and uh i got a three on that and then i jumped down the physical test like the the pull you the one test was like just do three pull-ups and i was like oh easy so like, I saw a bunch of guys grabbing it overhand pull-ups, and I was like, I'll definitely do over- overhand pull-ups. Because I'm used to doing underhand, which is so much harder. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, fuck that. I'll knock out three like that. And then I went over the impact wrench. It was it was pick up. First of all, you have to pick up this 30-pound wrench and connect it to, uh, in a square, four bolts. And there was like 16 total. You had 45 seconds. So I did that real quick. And then the column climb is a steel column straight up in the air, like three stories tall. And the column climb is like a thing that iron workers do constantly. There's a way to like put your foot on like the H, like the bar is shaped like the letter H if you look at it. And if you put your foot in such a way and you grab the beam like this, you can push against it and just walk straight up. Okay. But I didn't know that. And a lot of guys, like you don't know that until after you do it. But, like, I was, like, watching YouTube videos, like, trying to figure it out. And I was like, I can probably do that. Can't. It's very hard. Mm. I might have got, like, six feet in the air on my second try. And they were like, all right, you're good. That's the only test I got a two on. And I was like, fuck. So there was a column climb. And the last test was the height adaptation. So you had to climb a scaffold, jump up there. And on a rope, you had to hoist a, a heavy bucket up there. Get it up on the platform, hoist it back down, and then climb down. But they talk to you while you did it. Okay. So, the the guy administering the test, he, uh, I started to climb up. He was like, so, you do this kind of work now? And I'm climbing. I was like, nah, not right now. 
And then I got up to the top, and I knew he knew that because he was like, "No, wait, you're the office guy, aren't you? Don't you do like office work or something right now?" And I was like, "Yeah, I do right now." And he was like, "So why would you want to give that up?" And without missing a beat, I said verbatim, "I was like, if I have to work one more year making less than forty thousand dollars in that office, I'm jumping out of a fucking window." And that got a huge that got a huge laugh. <laughs> And a couple like a couple guys down be- down below like laughed too, and he was like, "Great, that's a great attitude. Do not bring up the number when you go inside, but great job." And I was like, "Fuck yeah, awesome." <coughs> so what's the next step? Well, before the next step was the interview, and it was but it was nothing spectacular. It was like five minutes. It was like, "Why do you want to do this?" And I said, "Oh, I have a friend in this in this union who won't shut up about how great it is, and he liked that." I was like, I want to own a home. I'd like stability. And I'm sick of meaningless, like, paperwork work. Right. And he was like, this is good. Yeah, that's really good. So I got a couple threes and a couple twos on that part. So the next part will be, uh, as some of us were leaving, the apprentice coordinator, his name is Mickey, he was like, you'll, he was a a bunch of people, him, him and some of the, Hirers, if you will, like the testers and stuff, were like, we're really, op- including the guy who interviewed me, the wel- is a welding instructor. He was like, we're really optimistic about hiring a bunch of you guys today from this this uh, this batch because there's a lot of work coming up this year. And Mickey was like, uh, obviously you got the notice to get here today, like you got your letter and your email, so your address is good. So look out for something in August-ish. To see like your results of your test and then what's next. Okay. So, uh, but more the the moral of the story is classes will start in like October. So if I get in, that's when I'm like kaputs, like done with office shit. Hell yeah. Ideally forever. Because I would lo- I would I would much like this to work out and be able to walk away from a job site and being like I did that today. Yeah yeah yeah. It seems very nice. More substance than Excel crunching numbers at a desk. Yeah, right. I hear you. I I was telling like a couple like I I was trying to bullshit with people like just because that's the culture. Like if you're gonna work physical labor with with people around you, you want to get along. Yeah. So I was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna socialize, and I was like, yeah, like a lot of days I'll I'll leave at four o'clock and the door will shut behind me, and I feel like I didn't do a goddamn thing all day. Yeah. Eight hours have gone by. I haven't done jack shit, and it's super unfulfilling and dumb. But I, I like don't have a degree, so there's not much room for advancement for me either. I'm just a grunt, really. That's how I feel about that. So I hope I hope to make something like that work, and I would I, even more so. I would love to get into a union to piss off Dennis even more. <laughs> I mean, that should be your top priority, always. <laughs> oh, to annoy Dennis. Yeah, just... Most of the time. Chap that guy's ass forever. Most of the time, it is. It is the uh, the int- my intention. Like the first... Uh, like all this, all this union talk, I can't wait to make him listen to it. <laughs> but, again... I'm sure he'll be thrilled. We're, I'm doing what I want. I, can't, I also can't thank you enough for showing up today. Yeah, of course. This is great. It's a beautiful day. What I, else are you doing today? I don't got shit on my docket till August 30th, so... Right, for school. Yeah. I'm now, here. 
now aren't you're a fa- you're a you're a husband and a, are you a father too? I am not. No, no okay. kids. Because I have an I I had an idea today, and that's what I printed out and brought with me for this this uh, this episode today. Okay. But that helps me with the context because I think we'll relate on a lot of these answers. Okay. You're so obviously you're an adult who grew up with the internet in a way that I did. Sort of you're aware of Reddit. Yes. Have you heard of the the thread? Am I the asshole? No. So, am I the asshole is a thread in which people can posit a question, and it's usually a real-life situation that they were a part of, or it happened to them or something, and they're basically throwing it out there and saying, am I the asshole for this? Like, Self-explanatory, am I, yeah. Am I, am I a piece of shit for feeling the way I feel, or did I do this wrong? Mm. So I collected a couple of things <laughs> for us to read and talk about. Can't wait. There's there's several of them, so I think uh, this should this should uh, like if if this like does open up a, a discourse, I might br- I might try and bring this to the regular show. Okay, but you know I'm just trying shit today. Again, I'm not the biggest Reddit guy, so I don't me re- I, I don't like scour the the depths of Reddit like some of my friends do. M- me either. And it's daunting. Yeah, it's it, it's. It's so much. Yes. Like, every once in a while, like, someone will forward me something, and, like, I'll, like, fall into a rabbit hole with a few things, but even then, it's it's just, like... It's a lot. Yeah, it's it's a needle in a haystack. Yeah. Some of that shit that they post in there. I call it Nerd Google. Yep. Because you can, like, search something in the topic, or in the, in the bar, and you can find somebody who had a similar experience or had a similar question, and the fact, like... This this is for where ner- this is where nerds go. Nerds live on Reddit, mm-hmm. and nerds like to scour and they like to research and chime in with opinions and their background on stuff. And it can provide a lot of answers with stuff. It helped it helped me a lot when we when I first started podcasting. Period. It answered a lot of questions and, and like stuff like when to post things or like driving up interaction with replying to comments and like bullshit like that that I would never know otherwise. Okay. Have you ever been on 4chan? Unfortunately. 4chan is even worse and more confusing. I don't get it. Yeah, some of the most evil hateful shit I've seen and read have been on 4chan. On 4chan. Yeah, yeah same. Or things that I, Then yeah. again, I haven't been on 4chan recently. I'm talking like between like 08 and 2015 mm-hmm. was like my heyday of like reading shit on there and <laughs> it's why I haven't really gone back. I think I've been on 4chan a total of three times ever. 4chan is like, much like Craigslist, it has not updated at all. Yeah. Once QAnon kind of took the spotlight from all the goofy shit on 4chan, I kind of bowed out. Uh, well, there's like so many other things like, or there's so many other versions of 4chan too. It's a it's a dark place. But Reddit is pretty dark too. Yeah. Like, don't get it twisted. Just because it's mainstream. Sometimes I think Twitter is the worst place. Sometimes I think Instagram is the worst place, or TikTok is the worst. Reddit is the fucking worst. Yeah. But because so- Reddit is just like completely uh, like I guess it's moderated to a degree, but not apparently a lot. Okay. Like. Like with this thread, there's with this thread, and I guess probably the other bigger threads. There's a lot of rules. 
that you have to abide by, or, or mods will just take your shit off. Okay. So, but again, that they can't be everywhere. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, it's so vast. Like, I'm sure there's deep, dark corners of Reddit where it's still the wild west of the internet. One of the best Reddit threads to look at is the fighter and the kid Reddit. It's fucking hysterical. And talk about nerds researching and going back and finding shit. Okay. Damn, that's a good that's a good uh, time suck. I believe that. If you're like taking a shit somewhere that you don't want to be and you need to burn some time, yeah. Okay. The fighter and the kid Reddit is nuts. Good to know. But this is maybe I'll call maybe I'll just call it Am I the asshole? So this first story was my mother has an upcoming surgery on her right wrist and wants me to take care of her after the surgery. That's the title. As her daughter, 19-year-old female, she expects me to wash her, wipe her bottom after going to the toilet, and probably more. I told her I'm very uncomfortable with that and she could hire someone to do that for her or ask her husband for help. After I told her that, she got visibly upset because her daughter, it, as her daughter, is expected for me to take care of her. I'm slightly annoyed that just because I'm the female gender, I'm expected to be her caretaker. I didn't mean to hurt her, but what she wants from me crosses my boundaries. Am I the asshole? Um, two things. We don't know her relationship with her mom. Big, big if true, yes. Um, you know, if, if they were close and they had a good relationship and she was a good mom and she was a good daughter. Yeah. I can see how you could be the asshole. Yeah. More so. But also if I had wrist surgery on my wiping hands, I have another hand. That's true. That's to I didn't even consider that until right now. Like it may not be the most comfortable, most like seamless transition in the world, but I would make do. I'll tell you one thing. I I broke my wrist. I thought I don't know why I just thought about this this morning before I even looked up this story. And you know what I would buy my mom for a getting out of surgery present? A uh, bidet. A bidet. Exactly. I don't mind if I bidu. I was when I was walking Elliot this morning before I even looked up this story. I thought about when I was younger, and I broke my wrist uh, skateboarding. I like fell backwards on a quarter pipe and landed funny on it, broke my wrist, and I had to wear a cast for however long, and I had to learn to beat off with my other hand <laughs> because it was I broke my right hand. I've never gone back. Ooh. I've I've been I've been lefty ever You're since. Jerkin I'm, jerkin mongo. I'm a yeah. <laughs> Switch. <laughs> I'm averse, like I can I, still do both. I uh I always and the thing is I'm left-handed. All of my injuries have come to my left hand. Mm. So it's even more, it's even stronger. Like all my childhood, like, you know, just being a kid and playing around and getting hurt. And then like older, like sports injuries I had, mm -hmm. I always broke fingers and wrist and my hands on my left hand. <sighs> and like in school, I would have to like write with a cast on. Like I never tried to teach myself to write with my right hand or draw with my right hand like I always just like kind of grin and bared it with the cast on because I could still have like a couple fingers to like write grip it yeah so, like to a some primitive degree um but yeah I know like I mean obviously I, I guess I never really claimed I was ambidextrous but but the things that 
I learned how to do naturally, like right, yeah, throw a ball, like basic like motor skill things. Do you kick a ball with your left foot too? No. Interesting. Keep all going. Of, Sorry. All the things that my dad taught me to do growing up, I do right-handed because he only knew how to do things right-handed. So that's how you picked it up. Sure. Yeah. So when like I was old enough to play little league, like he taught me how to like get oh, right hand swings. I have a right-handed swing. Interesting. Hockey, golf, kicking a soccer ball, like everything else is right-handed. Wow. I was a switch hitter. And I don't stand uh, southpaw for boxing either. Like I, everything is right-handed that. I was taught by someone else. You skateboard too? I, I skate normal. So regular Reg- stance. Regular, regular stance. Me too, yeah. But uh, in baseball, I was a switch hitter, weirdly enough. I don't know how I did it, but I, I was. I didn't play much baseball. But I think... Uh, but long story, like, to, to wrap that up, I, I never was like always wiped with the right. Yeah. And never had a debilitating injury that handicap that so i i don't have a basis for comparison for that obviously my body m- not my 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 my, ins- my body instinct tells me to reach back with my right hand but i could easily make it work on my left yeah uh, and i'm not an ambi wiper by any means i never tried it but i think i could do it so our bathroom now the the toilet paper hangs on the left side like you got to grab with your left anyway yeah so it would be like a smooth you know, transition yeah, from backwards. TP roll to your ass. Man. I wouldn't be used to, I mean, I wouldn't be happy about doing it, but it beats having somebody do it for you. Yeah, because have you ever had somebody like nur- like nurse you in that way? Not really. You never had anybody like wipe your ass for you as a grown up? Not as a grown up, no. It's humiliating. It's awful. And again, like going back to my people pleasing. Uh, phobias that I have. You feel like, like you feel I, like a piece of shit. Yeah, like it's I, awful. I I don't ever want anybody to wait on me when I can take care of myself. And like right. even if I'm in a situation where I can't, I'm still gonna feel terrible. Right. Like the the two to three days where I was in a haze after my wisdom tooth surgery, and I was in like my early twenties when this happened. Um, but I stayed at my parents' house, and they were just like. You're not doing anything. You're not going anywhere. Like, let us let like, us take, take care, care of, of you until, like, you're off your meds. Because I was on, like, heavy painkillers for, like, a couple of days. And they, A, didn't want me, like, walking around or driving my car or, like, doing anything, yeah. like, under the influence of painkillers. And they knew I was going to be in a ton of pain. And they were just being parents and just being like, hey, like, let us, like, cook for you and, like, take care of you and, like, just watch over you for a couple of days. A couple and, days. Yeah. So even that, where I wasn't like in that crazy of a state, I was just a little loopy from, you know, being stoned off my ass on painkillers and just like, you know, the, the pain I was, cause I had dry socket too. So I was in a lot of pain for like a day when that was going on. What's dry socket? When you get your wisdom teeth out, the, the socket that's left over from getting the, like the blood pools inside of it and it like clots. Huh. If that's what it's supposed to do. Okay. Dry socket happens when the clot either comes out because you're told not to like suck on anything. Like you're not supposed to like suck anything through a straw. Oh yeah. You're not supposed to do any suction motion with your mouth because it could suck it- the blood clots out of your mm. empty sockets and basically your jawbones exposed through that like 
gash that they just made from pulling your tooth. That makes sense. That huge cause, hole that's left. Yeah, and it could cause like really, really like long, excruciating like toothache pain in the back of your mouth, which is what happened to me for like a day and a half. So I was like grateful that I was like with my parents because they kind of like talked me off the ledge the few times I was like freaking out, like thinking I was going to get an infection or thinking something bad was going to happen. Damn. And they were also there to, you know, <laughs> administer painkillers when needed. Do stuff. When I, now, like, I fully understand why people have opiate addictions because that shit fucking magical. works within minutes. Not it's, even minutes. It's like magic. Yeah. Uh, like, you, you pop one of those things and you're in fucking la-la land for the rest of the day. Right. How... When when I was when I was in the ho- when I was in the hospital when I was seventeen for the car accident thing, I had a dilated button, mm. and that was the that was a good button. I I I can I can think back and remember that button well yeah. if I really wanted to. When I was uh uh when I was in Hahnemann after after the brain injury thing, and then again when I was in uh. Uh, uh, inpatient rehab in Bryn Mawr. Uh, at first, I had they like one of the biggest hurdles was me going to the bathroom. Back to the story, and uh, my girlfriend at the time was being a fucking soldier and was like tending to me, and I was so out of it. Either from like I guess I was on some kind of medication when that first happened, and because I, I was sleep. I was asleep for like a fir- like the the first week. Right. And I I had a couple brief moments of uh consciousness that I kind of remember, but when I was in the inpa- when I was in the rehab, uh a nurse I think supposedly helped me the first time that I don't remember, and my girlfriend at the time helped me go to the bathroom too, and because I was like I was so out of it, I have no memory of this, thank God, but she was like, all you kept doing was apologizing the yeah. entire time. I and I was feel, like, yeah, that's right. I feel like if it were a doctor or a nurse and I knew there was no other option because I was in a certain state, I wouldn't feel bad. Like, I, I would understand, like, this is what has to happen. Like, there's no other way around it unless you want me to just shit my pants. Still. I would still, again, I would still feel pretty terrible. Yeah. Um, I, I would, I, I, if I had to choose, I would prefer a professional over a family member or my oh, wife. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, I don't want to put someone through that that I have a relationship with. Like, yeah. I would rather have some guy in a white coat who I've never seen prior to me having to take a shit. Somebody come into who this clocked room. in. Yeah. Like, so, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna earn your paycheck today, buddy. Like, <laughs> come come on in. You're on payroll and you get benefits to do this. Yeah. Not not my wife. Or because, whoever. Because the thing is, like, how many times have you gone to the doctor and, like, they've checked your balls? You know, the, they do the, her, the hernia check. Like, I never felt Couple. weird. Have you? No, no, not at all. It's, like, it's procedure. It's, I mean, it's it's not nor. I mean, it, it's not great, but yeah, it's I procedure. Mean, it's not something you look forward to. I mean, maybe you do. <laughs> when I got the snip snip, I knew for a fact the urologist was going to have his hands all over my nuts. Yeah. And I was fine with it. I was like, yep, time. It's time. It was like, yep, pull him down. I was like, yep, yes, sir. Yeah. It's just it is what it or was what it was. And the thing is, like that's the profession that they chose. They went to like, ten years of school for. Yeah, it. like yeah. you're not the first pair of nuts that dude's seen probably even that day. 
No, definitely not. And you're not the first ass that a nurse had to wipe. In fact, you're probably a pleasure cruise compared to, like, the elderly patients and, like, the invalids and, like, people who've been in, like, hideous car wrecks and, like, things Dude. ten times worse than anything you've ever had to have your ass wiped for. Or, like, yeah, people in traction who can't move. Yeah. Like, crazy shit. But I think I think I agree with the girl. I think she's not an asshole at all. Yeah. And here's the thing, like, you know, my parents are getting on in years. They're in their 70s now. Um, Mine are just about there, too, yeah. And, I mean, I've, my wife and I have said to both of our parents, like, together, like, we're never going to let you, like, rot away in a nursing home or anything like that. Like, we're always going to take care of you. Oh, my God, it's raining. Holy shit. We're going to have to move this inside, I think. Maybe. (laughs) It rained for, like, four seconds. I don't know. Let's see what happens. Eh, anyway. <laughs> um, but my parents, like me, are very self-conscious about uh, like people-pleasing as well, especially their own son. Mm-hmm. So they're like, well, we're not going to be like 95-year-old invalids and like making you wipe our ass. We're not going to put you either. out. Yeah, we're not going to put you through that either. Like, we're the parents. It's our job to wipe your ass, not the other way around. Yeah. <laughs> No, I don't think so. she's an asshole at all. And I totally agree with what you said at first. They, she can adapt. You're yeah, an adult. And, and the thing is, like, God forbid, if that were to happen to one of my parents, they would never in a million years think about making me right. do... Uh, like, I would come over and, like, help with, like, day-to-day things. Yeah, make cut food. But they even would... Even feeding, really. Yeah, but they, they would obviously get someone to help them if, again, God forbid, comes if, down if, to if, it. if anything like that would ever happen to them. I hope so. No, I, I I think it's kind of crazy to expect your expect your your kid to do it, especially a teenage kid. But again, you don't even need to take it to that level because you still have a functioning left hand. Exactly. No, my 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 ruling is not an asshole, not at all. Oh, that was crazy that it yeah, rained I, for t- might, two minutes. I might have to concur. Not an asshole. Mm-mm. It's a it's a strange ask at best. Yeah, definitely. Let's see. Here's story number two. Am I the asshole for letting my five-year-old make her own mistakes? This hits. This hits kind of close to home for me. I have opinions about this. Depends on the severity of the mistake. Here goes. I was get. I I got all these stories ready ahead of time. So I was I was getting my daughter five ready for school yesterday, kindergarten, I guess. So she insisted on wearing a sweater with no shirt under it and full-length pants. I told her it was going to be a hot 80 degrees and sunny, and she plays outside with little shade all morning, Mm. but nothing swayed her, and I let her wear it to school. She ended up getting slightly overheated, and they changed her into a loner dress. As a teacher, maybe you have something like this on hand. The kids know that loner clothes are usually for accidents, so her friends were asking her if she had an accident, and one boy teased her about it. She was pretty embarrassed by the time I picked her up. My husband is mad that I let her wear the sweater because she could have gotten heat stroke and was teased due to the result of her outfit choices, but now she knows to dress appropriately for the weather. If I had made her change into a t-shirt and shorts, she would have tried the same thing today. She, he still thinks we should be teaching her, but I think she's old enough to be making some of her own mistakes. The consequences of this were fairly minor, and she learned how to dress, but my husband still thinks I'm in the wrong. Am I the asshole? 
I'll say not an asshole, just a poorly executed, teachable moment. There's there's mistakes you can allow your kids to make where mm-hmm. you don't involve the risk of getting a heat stroke. Let a, like even as, less important humiliation for a day. As someone who worked at a summer camp for 15 years and saw the, the effects of the, heat the effects of heat stroke, and it's not fun. <clears throat> like watching kids, like like seeing like their tongue and their face swell up, like they just got stung by a million bees, but there's Ooh. no bees around. Damn, and like. Their skin is like dry as a bone, but it's 98 degrees and 100% humidity out. Like Ooh, that shit. Is, that shit is not cool watching anyone go through, let alone like a cute little five-year-old kid who was just like playing on a playground. Five-year-old in my and eyes. And these are kids in like t-shirts and shorts. Yeah. Like I can't imagine what like a fuzzy a sweater, sweater and, and like long pants would do to you. And no situation. shirt underneath either, by the way. Yeah. So you got that fuzzy sweater on your bare skin. That's hot. Yeah, I. It was. It was the wrong situation to pull to that teach. card. Agree. If so, it was a long sleeve T-shirt, maybe not. But a sweater, I'd be like, ah, nah. Maybe let's do something else. Like as a parent, it's your job to kind of put your foot down with little things like that and say, like, you need to be safe. You need to dress appropriate for the weather. And here's why. Because I I was similar when I was a kid. Like I I was always like a big jacket kid. Hmm. Like I always loved wearing like jackets. And there were days where my parents were like, you're not wearing a jacket today, it's 100 degrees out, and you're playing outside, like, you don't need a jacket. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I pretty much had to grin and bear it. Like, there's there's no worthwhile lesson to learn there other than, like, you could get seriously hurt. Yeah. And, and it's so tough. I gotta imagine it's so fucking tough with kids, especially that young, because they have, like, if you're just telling them, they have no example in front of them, so they're like, what do you mean? I don't get it. But, I don't know. Uh, I've I've always felt, I've, I feel very strange about people who choose layers in the heat already. I question those people greatly. Like... After, like, over a certain uh, temperature, I've I won't... Got, I've gotten to the point where I can't even wear, like, non-dry fit shit, yeah. like, once it reaches a certain temperature. Yeah. I haven't gone that far like, yet. But actually, that's not true. <laughs> I wear Lululemon shit. Same thing, really. Yeah, yeah. That's not true at all, Just, yeah. like, light workout clothes, even if I'm not working out. Like, I'm. this is what I'm wearing today because it's disgusting outside, and right. I know I'm going to be outside doing shit. Remember last week? Last week was fucking Awful. intense. Even this week was pretty tough. The on on Wednesday the test I had to wear jeans all day. It was fucking brutal. But that's what it's going to be like on a job site. So I guess I got to get prepared. But I, I mean they they make like breathable like work pants. True. Like, that you can True. I'll just have to be I'll have to just get made fun of for it or something, which I'm fine with. I've been made fun of before. I'll do it again. There I I I hold people like that suspect. Like there are some people who are raised that like when you go outside you put on a jacket or you put on you put something on when you go outside that's and the I, thing i think it never leaves them in life because even when you're older and you can and someone's not dressing you no more people still will throw a jacket on and it's 90 degrees outside yeah yeah or hoodies and yeah. i'm like what are you doing what's what's the matter well as someone who teaches middle school you, you the entire student body boys mostly i should say have it totally ass backwards. Like, it's February, and they're getting off the bus in, like, a t-shirt and basketball, basketball shorts, shorts and slides. And 
you know, in June, they're coming to school in like hoodies. I don't get it. I don't get those people. Yeah, whatever. I don't. I wish I could understand what they feel when they put that on because either they love the clothes so much that they want to wear them, or they don't, or or they're not bothered by it. And those those are people who want to watch the world burn. Yeah, in and my as, opinion, as someone who likes to engage my kids in small talk and like you know try to battle wits with them over dumb shit like that, which is always a good time because they never win. Course not. They have no match. <laughs> they have no match for Moreau. Uh, <laughs> I'm just like you. You like you don't even need like. First of all, you all have smartphones, so you could pull up the free weather app that comes on your phone and see the forecast for the day. It's true. And even if you have no idea what that is, you can just look outside or like hang your head out the window yeah, outside stick your for arm five out of window. seconds. Or you know, ask your parents what the weather's going to be like that day and be fine and like mm-hmm. know exactly what you need to do, like. If it's going to get cold out later, like, bring a jacket or a hoodie with you. Like, you have a locker where you can shove all your shit in there and go get it whenever you need it. And vice versa. You can, like, take it out or put it back. Mm-hmm. But, again, like you said, there's no ras- rationale amongst people who dress like that. So Nah, I just don't get it. It's not for me. But I also concur with you again. Uh, not an asshole entirely, but... Good intentions, just executed poorly. Yeah, exactly. I wonder if we should jump inside. Cause they, they did say scattered thunderstorms after three. Yeah, I, I saw that on, on my free weather app on the phone. It's about to be two-something. Hmm. Yeah, let's jump I'll, inside. I also don't want your phone to get... Yeah, it's getting rained on. Get rained on. So. Yeah, let's jump inside. We'll be right back. Already. A couple more. And we're back. All right. And we're dry. Yeah. And the uh And the sun's back out now, so of course appropriately timed, but it's comfy in here, so when you I, I meant to ask you, I probably should just ask you this off camera and not take up time, but when you first gave Dennis that light box on on air that it, episode, what did it say? Because I didn't it, the camera didn't pick it up. It was like too bright. I know. I, I I learned that after the fact. It said leave me alone. Ah But he, he got me back. He got me back again. But I got him with a de- with a birthday card. For his birthday, I got him a funny card. It said like "Danger Fart Zone Ahead," but you open it, it said "Leave Me Alone." So like, and it was the second time that day so that, that I got him, and I was like, "It's kind of tired at this point." So fuck it. But he got me back. All right. Well, speaking of gifts, next time we do a regular episode, I I got I got a, a challenge card for Matt Bennett. Oh, he he threw. I didn't think I'd be able to challenge or come close to the realm of a the Garf- Garfield banner? Garfield tapestry, but dude, that thing's that thing goes nuts. You you just you wait then. Oh, um, he threw the gaunt. Uh, his episode that will be out next week. No, no, no that will be out this week. We- Wednesday Mark, marks next week, right? Uh, yeah. When, uh, 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 he threw the gauntlet down again. Motherfucker. But. He'll he'll just have to wait and see. All right, we've got time for a couple. Yeah, let's go. A couple more of these fucks. This one, as as like I've been in a relationship for a long time, and you're a married a married man of many years now. This one is in my uh, our our car. I recently mistake number one. I recently bought my hang on. I recently bought my dream car. My husband loves it too. But today, he kept calling it our car and using we when talking about ownership. 
I corrected him and said it was not our car. It is my car. I went. Uh, here's here's where uh, here's where she draws the line. I went alone to different dealers, used my my money, my credit, and it is in my name only. But he was offended that I do not consider it belonging to both of us. We pretty much split everything 50-50 because he gets weird about money. We have separate accounts, and it has worked really well for us so far. I know more traditional marriages share... I co-sign that. Me too. Uh, I know more traditional marriages share everything with their partner. But as I said, he gets really possessive of his money. So I always felt it best to keep money separate so we can avoid conflict. Smart lady. Mm-hmm. I guess he feels entitled to the new car since we're married. <laughs> Is this my wife posting on Reddit? <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like if he didn't love the car, he wouldn't care or ever claim ownership. Mm-hmm. So am I the asshole for saying it's strictly our my car and not our car? 100% not the not asshole. Not at all. Not at all. Not a fucking bit. So this is very similar to my wife and I. We We share one shared savings account. That we just don't touch. Sure. We just throw money in it throw when we can, and that's like our little nest egg for whenever we might need it. Yeah, shit could go sideways. I've seen like five people in a row post about their water heaters breaking yeah. in the last like week or two. Yeah, our water heater blew last fall. There you go. And so. it's a fucking bitch, isn't it? It's, I mean, it's a whole day of you well, You got to get cancel whatever you had planned for the day. and All water gotta, everywhere. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, it's not something like, oh, this broke. I got to take care of that later this week. Like, nope. You got to stop what you're doing and handle that right now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, for such instances like that. Yeah. So that's a brilliant we, idea. We have a shared savings account. That's it. We still have separate checking, separate everything, separate credit, separate. Like, we share nothing. Like... We have separate cars. My car's in my name. Her mm-hmm. car's in her name. As it should be. And I, I don't recall ever needing to like borrow her car, but like they're, I it's mean, probably come up. Yeah, it would never be an issue where like if she needed to borrow my car, I need to borrow hers, but I would never say like this is our car now just because like I drove it a couple of times. Yeah, because you're married, she goes and buys a fucking Tesla Model X SUV. You're not like, that's our Tesla. Yeah. Fuck no. No. Just because it's a sick car doesn't mean it's yours, too. And you're, Or because you're married doesn't mean it's also yours. That's, I mean, I definitely want to borrow it and take it around the neighborhood for a few spins, but of I'm, course. I'm not going to come back after parking it and be like, oh, this is our car now. Like That sounds like what this guy is doing. Yeah. What a, what a fucking ass. She's not an asshole whatsoever. No. Not at all. I totally agree with her. And the thing is, like, it, there's no backstory to this marriage or how long they've been together. Or is or right. was, was it? No, it, it doesn't seems, say anything about that. It seems like they established a culture of keeping things separate. Because he gets weird about from money. From the rip. So why all of a sudden is like now that this car, which is probably a nice car, which is why you're, you're conveniently calling it our car now. Mm-hmm. Like, again, if she drove a fucking jalopy, I doubt you would be using the same vocabulary. So, Or even less, like if you just bumped up from an Accord to like a... I don't know what's like a nice like Accurate. a BM, a BM, like yeah. a, a BMW or something. I don't know, but she said herself he's weird about money, so that's why they split everything. Seems I, like it seems like he's only weird about his money. Indubitably, not an asshole at all. I yeah. totally agree with her. I would do the same thing. Would do it again too. Let me see. Ooh, maybe. See which one? 
I'll do this one. Am I the asshole for telling a friend I'm not a backup plan? So I, 20-year-old male, have a friend, 19-year-old female. We're not like best friends, but we're good friends. But I'm not like a part of her friend circle, if that makes sense. They're good friends, but he's not in. Right. Uh, I hadn't seen her in a while due to working a lot. And I want to save up money as I'm going to university this year. This must be a, a Brit. I messaged her and asked her if she was doing anything tomorrow. She replied and was just like, I don't know why. And, uh, or I don't know, comma, why. And I asked if she wanted to hang out. She then starts saying, oh, maybe just because I need to wait and see if my friends want to do anything. I was like, oh, yeah. If you might be doing something, let, let me know and we can do another day. She replied there. Uh, there's nothing planned, so I just want to see if they ask me if I want to do anything. I was like, oh, right. Heard nothing until like 30 minutes before I proposed we originally hang out, and she messaged me saying, yeah, they didn't ask, so we can hang out. I was a bit drunk at this point, definitely a pub crawl, kind of, or pub culture kind of guy, at this point, and I was annoyed that she replied, uh, and just replied DW, I uh, I don't want to be your backup friend. Way too blunt, I know, but that's how I felt. And obviously being drunk, I meant I felt it 10 times more. So she was just like, what do you mean? And I said, I'm not going to be left till the last minute on plans because you want to wait for a hypothetical invitation from other friends. Got pissy and told me I was overreacting and being out of order. Now, don't get me wrong. I think I'm the asshole for being so blunt but am I the asshole in my reasoning? Figured I'd come, uh, I'd come here because I do kind of feel bad. Th- uh, do kind of feel bad though, and I wanted an outside opinion. Am I the asshole? I don't think so. No, because of one little caveat in that story that I'm I'm glad he he highlighted. Mm-hmm. She didn't initially have plans. Correct. She said, let me wait and see if my friends who I obviously prefer over you come up with something. Yeah. She and was, if they don't, then maybe I'll put some time aside for you. I can't believe somebody would even say that. Yeah. So I like, here's the thing. Like I understand, like I have friends who I'm really, really close with do stuff with all the time. Can always count on to just like do spur of the moment things with. Mm-hmm. And there's certain friends who I don't have that closeness with, so I'm not going to expect the same uh, reciprocation from them. Mm-hmm. So if I hit up somebody who I don't talk to as much, and like in this situation, maybe I'm not in their tightest circle, if they were just like, oh, I already have plans with this person, someone who I know is part of that circle, I'm not going to get offended by that. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not going to get offended by them choosing their closer friends over me, especially if they already had plans. Yeah, especially, especially if they've been friends longer and, like, yeah. you're, you're new to to them or whatever. Like, a, a friendship that's been established is usually always going to take precedent. But if it's not weird for me to approach that person and make plans with them, and they say, well, let me wait and see if these other people are doing stuff. Like, that's kind of a dick move. That's a huge dick move. I'm, I'm shocked somebody would even say that to a person. Yeah. And being, let alone friend. And them being 19 and 20 years old, you're, you're much more prone, especially when there's alcohol involved, much more prone to, like, say, like, to oh, call yeah. people out on that shit. I like, totally when you're forgot. older... When you're older, you're like, all right, whatever, man. Like, do what you do. Like, I'm not going to make a big thing out of this. But, like... At that age, 
you're I emotional. Probably, as I probably fuck. would have. Yeah, you, your your emotions are probably flying off the charts when something like that happens to you because you over analyze shit like that when it happens to you, and you're not always suppressing your inner thoughts. Mm-hmm. You're you're not filtering them. You're just no. It'll just vomit out. Yeah, you're just saying you're calling people on their shit, which mm-hmm. you know it's it's a double edged sword. You'll which you have to learn in the long run. Yeah, like tw- a 19, 20 year old don't know that. So I don't think an asshole. Not no, at all. no. I mean, it's it's a shitty situation. Um, I mean, yeah, it's a life lesson. You just learn who your real friends are in situations like that. Like it's it's just a teachable moment. True. Yeah, I don't think so. That's just one of them things you got to learn, I suppose. Yeah. From uh, experience. And, uh, but was, was there any like romantic tension or sexual tension between the two of them? Like that's, you always wonder Yeah. in a situation like that, like with a male, with a male, female it changes uh, dynamic how, yeah. it, that changes things a little bit. It changes the stakes. It, yeah, definitely. It changes the way the guy and the girl feel about getting that rejection mm-hmm. because they have a vested interest, like long run and for him to feel pushed aside like that and put on a back burner would be like, Oh, you think I'm just some fucking... Yeah. ass but i'm trying to i'm trying to get in there now nah, i don't think he's an asshole again a teachable moment maybe failed but not uh not for prioritizing yourself either yeah. mel has taught me a lot about protecting your peace yeah and uh advocating for yourself and things like that and uh i think in that in in that sense i think he did the right thing so not an asshole not to me yeah, and like I'm glad he took ownership of how he handled the situation. Yeah, he did. Especially for a 20 year old, like that's uh, that's commendable. Mm-hmm. I mean, he he at least understood. Like, yeah, maybe I shouldn't have been so blunt. Maybe I shouldn't have like been so curt in my response to her. I assume it was over text. I would have to assume. Um, or maybe it was a phone conversation. Like, you know, he, he took ownership of that. Um, and like, I, that's, I could appreciate that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Not, not an asshole. Not to me. Let me think. Let's do one more. Let's see this, this one I picked, I found there's, there's, am I the asshole? And there's another thread called, am I the asshole filtered? So, if uh, if a thread gets moved to "Am I the asshole?" filtered, it's because it's driven. It's it's had a lot of interaction and a lot of uh, uh, a lot of back and forth in the comments and a large like if you if you get over a certain amount of upvotes in a certain amount of time, they're like this. This is like not. It's it's sort of like a best of page, but okay. anyway, that's where I found this one. It says, "Am I the asshole for getting a guy arrested in a minor traffic accident?" struggling to find if I'm if I am the asshole in this situation they said IATA got lightly rear-ended turning out of the neighborhood yesterday 35 year old guy was super apologetic and there was very limited surface damage to my rear bumper he agreed to pull into a nearby strip mall to exchange info but I but said he was in a hurry to get to work we've been burned before in handshake accident info exchanges, so my husband now insists that I always get a police report just in case damage is worse than it appears. 
Once dude realized I was calling the police, he starts begging me not to because he doesn't have a license and he can't go back to jail and he needs to get to work. He was dressed in a casino uh, croupier, uh, a dealer's uniform. Okay. He's pleading and insisting it is no big deal and if I'm going to ru- and I'm going to ruin his life over nothing. He keeps asking why can't I just take his insurance info? Plus his dog is home alone. I insist on the police report just as documentation, and I apologize that it isn't personal and I can't be responsible for his issues. He was clearly panicked and calling work and his mom and someone to deal with the dog. Once police arrive, they quickly figure out he's not supposed to be driving and is cuffed and put in a squad car. Shortly after, an ambulance and fire truck pulled up because he was apparently having a panic attack. Cringy face. <sighs> So, am I the asshole for not giving this dude a break? Feeling pretty terrible today. But at the same time, it is pretty standard to get a police report and dude shouldn't have been driving. Am I the asshole? Kind of. I think you are. <laughs> I think you're a fucking asshole. If there was... You you said it yourself. There was minor, minor damage. Surface damage. So I'm not, assuming it was just like a couple scratches and scrapes that you probably could have gotten buffed out for or, next next to nothing. Or my favorite move, this one. Yeah. <laughs> and you, no you know how many times I've like left places and gotten back to my car in a parking lot and there was like a little white scuff that just took a little thumb lick and it was good as new? I can think of two or three of my own. Or you, if it's... You could take a chamois cloth. You could do. There's a million things you could do to buff out little, little like scratches and scrapes. I've gone so far as to buy Toyota brand touch-up paint because I used to have a, a Prius, and Toyota paint is like weird apparently, and you have to get it from. It's probably fucking bullshit, but I I've gone as far as to get my own touch-up paint, and I fixed it myself. Yeah, and even if you go the professional route, like there's not you're not spending. You're not breaking the bank. And also, you get this guy's information. You make sure it's his information before you leave the scene. True. Call call his phone and make sure it it rings when it's you. And then you send him the bill to the body shop for getting your, your bumper repainted or buffed out, whatever you need. Like, you said it yourself. There was... The the car wasn't undrivable. It wasn't like a head-on collision. It wasn't anything that, like, was a huge fender bender style accident it was just seems like a bump uh-huh in her words minimal surface damage it's one thing if you rear end somebody and your car gets like jostled around then you could be like oh maybe maybe my bumper got fucked up or something or like even even if uh if your bumper gets bumped or even pulled too hard and the clip the little clips that hold your bumper on break the bumper will never be the same you'll have to keep um like resetting like i do it to my bumper now because one of those stupid clips is broken Mm. before i got the car but still it's something annoying that you shouldn't have to deal with but on the other hand it's uh what's the word superficial service damage that you could easily just yeah and again if say you were driving like a nicer car like a luxury model car and like you don't like having it scuffed up understandable go the professional route yeah get it fixed it will not break your bank if you're driving a fancy ass car you can probably probably afford a couple hundred dollars in superficial paint damage Mm -hmm. and they're going to do the same thing 
And again, <laughs> you're probably not paying anything out of pocket if this guy is honest and you get his information and you know send it's his information bill. and you send him a bill. Mm-hmm. And then if he goes the whole, like, what are you talking about route? Like, I don't know you and like tries to cheese out on the bill. Then I don't know. Take him on fucking judge Joe Brown or something. <laughs> I guess that's where the police report comes in. Cause she's did. She, I will, in fairness, she did say they've been burned before. As someone who's gotten love tapped in Philadelphia when I lived there, like I never got love tapped more than when I was sitting at like four way stops and intersections in the city. Of course. And I've, the majority of them were just little love bumps. And it was just like, you both looked outside your car, realized nothing was wrong. And you, you know, said your sorries and you went your way. Yeah. It takes a lot for me to even stop the car and be like, I should look at that. Yeah. The only time I couldn't go anywhere was, and Jordan was actually in the car with me. So next time you have him on, he'll, uh, he'll tell you this story too. Cause he, he'll probably remembers it. We were at a four-way stop leaving his neighborhood, and a pickup truck was in front of us. The guy edges out too far Mm. onto Aramingo and realizes, like, I'm about to get hit by oncoming traffic. He backs up onto my hood, Mm. basically. So he was scared. He rams me super hard to the point where, like, his truck bed, like, scraped up my hood, and he (sighs) smashed up the front of my old car. That's a lot. So even then, when my car was fucked, Mm -hmm. we called 911, and they were like... If no one's hurt, no one's coming. Right. Like, you're going to have to either call a tow or, you know, if you can drive your car with with the damage that's inflicted on it, take it to wherever you take it to. And yeah, go somewhere. Go through your insurance. Mm-hmm. They're, they're like, this is Philadelphia. It shit happens on every day. Yeah, like, if no one is injured, we... We really can't come out right now. Isn't that really? There's nothing they can do either there besides write paper, write it on paper. So I mean, I the guy had his license, he had his insurance card, like he took full ownership, mm. and he let me take photos of like all his you know credentials, and I was like, listen, I'm going to contact my insurance, and they're going to be in touch with yours, and you know, that's it, all it, it is. is. It is what it is, and like, yeah, that's what we, insurance is for. We were lucky that the guy was like honest honest and took ownership of it because he definitely didn't seem like the type that would have because mm. when the guy got out of his truck we're like oh, you're fuck. like oh shit like this guy's gonna like say it's my fault or something here comes Rocco or some shit yeah but he was just like no nah, man he's like I know it was me so I was like okay like so be it like I'm gonna take pictures of all your shit though so I know like when I contact my insurance you're not gonna like try to cheese out on me mm-hmm. um, but yeah even when we called 911 at that point when my car was real banged up they were like yeah, we're not coming. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you're okay. Yeah, you can drive. So, that the the moral of that story is like you can handle superficial damage to your car without getting the police involved. Yes. So yes, you are the asshole. you are the asshole. I agree. I have a personal connection to this story because I have love tapped somebody in uh, what can I say? I guess the area is technically Montanan. It's the on the on the corner of Route 100 and 141, right outside of Greenville, where uh, good old Sleepy Joe lives at. Mm. I love tapped somebody at the the turn because before there was a there now there's a stoplight there with two two turn lanes. Before it was just one, and there was no light, so you had to use your best judgment and go whenever whenever you could go. So these people in like 
either not a not a Porsche SUV, but something equivalent like a super nice Infinity, maybe even a Mercedes or some shit. They were uh, making that turn, and I was directly behind them, and uh, they were trying to just like inch out and inch out. And at one point, they started to take off, but then they stopped very ab- abruptly. And I started to go at the same time they did, but we were so fucking close because they kept playing this game of will they, won't they with themselves that I tapped them. And, uh, I think it was, it was a, it was, it was a guy and it was, it was a woman and a man. I don't remember who was driving. It might've, but either way, they, uh, the, the woman got out of the car cause I immediately pulled over to the shoulder with them. Cause I was like, I'm, I, that was me. I did that. And, um, they got out and they were like, like they didn't say anything. They just kind of used their body language and just kind of like, like went over to the back of their car. I was like, I'm so fucking sorry about that. Like I thought you were going like there was nobody coming that I could see. And like, I felt awful about it until the woman was like, yeah, I think we're going to have to call nine one one. But I looked closely at their bumper and my bumper, I think my bumper had a small mark and theirs had nothing. Nothing. And I was like, oh, okay. Uh, if that's what you want to do, then uh, I'm basically at your mercy here because I'm not trying to like, like I was talking to her and the guy. I was like, I'm not trying to like get one over on you right now, but I don't think it's necessary personally. Like I was like, here's my phone number. Here's, here's my driver's license. Like, you can have my social security card if you want, like, or, you know, all that shit. So they call the police. Police come in five minutes somehow. I was like, how the fuck did this happen? They was like, oh, wait, this is Greenville. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, you gave them something to do. Police show up. Nothing happens. They didn't even take a report. The, uh, the, um, the cop was like, listen, do you guys, do you guys have this insurance provider? They were like, Yes. They were like they the cop taught them how to like uh, uh, file a claim through their app, and they were like, if you really want to do this, take pictures of your damage and submit and and uh, 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 put your claim in like that. You have all of his information. I was like, here's my insurance information. This is where I live. Here's the registration of my car. This is where I'm going right now. I'm going. I was just about to go home. So, uh, what what ended up happening was they like the cop told them like it's on you guys if you want to pursue this so if you want to take it to a body shop and send their insurance the bill go do it but you guys are all fine i'm getting out of here essentially and then i know in a roundabout way basically like why did you fucking call us out here precisely and then lo and behold i never heard another word about it again so i i surmise that they got home Husband was like, there's no mark on this car. I'm not doing nothing. Mm-hmm. And we ne- I never heard a word about it. And neither did my insurance. My insurance didn't go up. I, didn't, I haven't heard about it since. So I think, I think that person is the asshole. Yeah. I mean, she said it herself that there was minimal damage, which means, again, probably just some scrapes that you could take care of on your own. Yeah. I mean... Like is is getting that guy locked up gonna fix your car? Never. Yeah. Plus, like his situation aside, it sounded like, like yeah, I understand the sob story of like the dog at home alone. But like, if you're 
calling your mom to make arrangements and stuff. Who knows what's going on in that guy's life? Yeah. Like mom could, or maybe like mom could live close by. I don't fucking know, but it's, it's a lot over very little. So yes, you're the asshole to me. And like, I get it. There's people who con other people with shit like that all the time. Oh yeah. But I feel like this is a benefit of the doubt type situation. The guy didn't see, I mean, I'm not in the situation. I'm not like living it live, but I wasn't there. I, it doesn't seem like this was like calculated or this guy was trying to get anything over on her. Nah, it's not, it's not enough for somebody to get anything out of it in the first place anyway. So every situation is different, but that would have been an easy judgment call. So nah, screw that lady. I think, I think we're good. That was, that was plenty. Again, I can't thank you enough for coming here today. Happy to be here. Our, our, our number one guest. Uh, let me think. Do you have anything coming up for Sunburster besides the tape that's out? Um, I mean, yeah, the, the tape is out now. We are writing and planning our recording sessions for the full length now. Mm-hmm. We don't know when that's going to happen yet. We're just we're still tightening up uh, all the songs that we got pretty much ready to rip. And maybe next time one of us is on we'll uh give you more solid updates i would love to do uh you and uh a you and gord return episode like the first one for sure for that big things coming as they say i'm gonna hit (laughs) Uh, mel can you hit the intro music for me